podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to the seventh episode of Big Decisions. I'm your normal host, ladies and gents, Dave Davis, coming to you from, well, big good, actually. I was on holiday, not that you'll care, in Lanzarote for a week, but coming back now to a a cold, and you can say sunny Edinburgh, but it definitely doesn't look the same. And more importantly, aside from my travails, we've got to talk about everything on the Liverpool weather horizon, because there's a warm front at the moment, isn't there, ladies and gents? You will be happy. You will look at that table, you'll have seen the City result, which we'll talk about and the, the upcoming games, and think, yeah, it's all nice, it's all sunny. However, you can also feel a bit like the clouds are coming over, can't it? Injuries. Threadbare in certain places, yeah. Also, hoping, praying for the forecast, because we're going to get that on the injury front, aren't we, from Jurgen Klopp over the next few press conferences. And there's a lot of big players. We are hoping for an upturn. In. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about injuries. We'll talk about individual players. We'll talk about cup finals. We even might get to the off the field stuff as well. We will run through it all on our seventh edition of Big Decisions. So let's start off on the uh, the colder side. I mean, injuries galore. It does now feel like a real crisis and people throw that around a lot don't they at clubs and we mark and all this and got an injury crisis one or two are missing look at your squad etc it does feel like it's catching up with us now I think we need to be clear on this it's not all areas funnily enough you think back to the start of the season they almost uh, the full turnaround have we got enough defence are we short there that was the one we were saying we haven't now it's actually the area where it's not too bad. And that's even with Trent missing. I mean, if you look who lined up yesterday, Robbo, VVD, Ibu and Connor Bradley. Joe Gomez came off the bench. Costas Simicas was an unused sub. Jarrell Kwanzaa was an unused sub as well. If anything, the defence now is the one area where you look and think, actually, we've got better options than anywhere else. The forward line, you're a bit hopeful of because you still got Gakpo, Diaz, the king is back as well, Mo Salah. Nunes, which we'll talk about because of his importance. It, you hope from what Jurgen Klopp said, they caught it just in time, almost like as a precautionary. As Jurgen Klopp used the phrase specifically, because of what happened, they pumped the brakes on Nunes there and he was taken off. He felt something. And he was taken off straight away after what happened. You get it completely. But it is catching up with us. So the forward area is 
if Nunes is fit, not too bad. You still got we, we've operated with four. You know, it, it's there if it's three. You're a little bit okay. It's the midfield you're worried about now, isn't it? Big time. And please, I'm not just washing over Jota going off. That that's gutting. Jota's been one of the star performers in recent times, especially in Salah's absence. Eight goal contributions. I am not just washing over that for one second. It's still a massive loss. It's not something we'd we'd want. But Salah coming back again, maybe a timing thing in the way it's worked. Like when Alexis got injured, Endo was there, Endo goes away, Alexis come back. Sometimes, you know, things, things can line up. Trent, Bradley, that sort of switch around, if you want to call it that. So there's that element. Midfield is the one you're massively worried about now. You have to be worried about midfield. I, I, I get that and everything. But Curtis, one of our most important injured McAllister is the only fit starter midfielder the strongest midfield is Sabozlai Curtis McAllister and only one of those is fit so you look to other seniors think yeah great time in endo coming back really good he's not played that many games that type of thing you can say McAllister had the injury and a bit of a break which not too bad it's then where do you go from there because Harvey Elliott, yes, dumb, sensationally, and I'm not underselling that, sensationally as a substitute to change the game. Quite often on the right side of the three or you know, when we switch it, maybe push us forward, whatever. But as a substitute, you still have those concerns against him starting. Everyone does. Ryan Graven Birch, good yesterday when he came on. I think that's important to say. Well, most of his jewels had a real impact, part of the second goal as well. Did better than normal overall. That's fair to say, but I'm not going to start leaping towards always um, an 8 out of 10. And nine, a solid seven citizen for me yesterday in his substitute appearance and amidst the backdrop of most players playing well. So there's that. But those are really your only four midfielders. If anything, now, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, thought, Bobby Clark, there's the guy going out. You know, why, why have we got him alone? That would be best for him. He'd still done well against Arsenal, Fulham in the Carabao, all this. But it would not see you remotely surprised, or you wouldn't be remotely surprised to see Bobby Clark getting some minutes, would you, in the next game, especially Luton. Hard to see in a cup final, but against Luton at home, might well get some minutes. I don't think he'll start, but I would not surprise me 1% to see him come off the bench. Liverpool's midfield options are threadbare. And that's where you're slightly worried, understandably. We'll have to see. I mean, Subozlai's been pegged as a maybe, according to Jurgen Klopp for the cup final. So it's not too far away. Trent, Klopp was alluding to the week after. So it's not like they're miles and miles away, but we are threadbare. And it just feels like one more is just waiting to cut it, aren't they? We'll have the Curtis news. We'll have the Jota news. We expect them to be bad. I think that's fair. You know, Ian Doyle mentioned it, didn't he? That they're both going off in Curtis in crutches and a protective boot. Jota in a knee brace, crutches as well. Nunes on the other side was walking through unaided there, which is positive, I suppose. You hope they've caught it in time. But the other two, you are expecting it to be bad. Anything that's sounds simple and crude, but not bad you probably take it at this stage. So we'll have to see. And the other thing with the big decisions on the, the injuries is the blame game of it. 
you've, you all have seen it on Twitter. Who do you want to blame? The, the new one seems to be the Liverpool's medical team. They're a joke. They're not fit for purpose. That one's back on the, the radar now, isn't it? Now, the two sides to this, and you, people, again, will have their thoughts, which are relevant in, in regards to what I think, but the two injuries yesterday and to do with the medical team. You see Curtis almost get his foot caught in the turf the way the way it bends. You see Jota with the, the player lander on and the impact and that, what that has afterwards. That's got nothing to do with the medical team at all. On the other hand, recurring injuries, people will look to those two. Alisson, not too much, but you will think it was the second hamstring. You've got this against City and it's another like, what what, what, what can we do there? Is something we need to be aware of. I will get that to a small point. The ones that it's a difficult question to answer for everyone is, so Boslight and Trent, and this is where you do have a few questions, but I, I, I don't, we'll never know enough We'll never know, despite Jürgen's comments, and we never rush a player back. We never do that. Yeah, what else is it expected to say? But you've also heard, and again, this isn't putting direct blame on anyone, but Jürgen talk about Jota in that Burnley game where he went against the medical team's wishes. He was clear on that. The ultimate say-so, according to Jürgen, is with the player as well. So if Jürgen goes against the medical team's wishes, the ultimate say-so is with the player, the job of the medical team is, is to make recommendations, okay, and suggest they don't carry the ultimate say-so. That is not to absolve them from everything at the same time because it doesn't look good, just pure optics-wise, does it, that Trent and Zabozlai have got the same injury again. Both of them have got the same injury again after two games back. The optics, the pure optics on that does not look good. Good. So there's questions to be asked. You'll just never know. Because we don't know exactly what goes on behind the scenes. You can say, well, Jurgen Klopp said that. Do you think well, Jurgen Klopp always tells the full truth to us? We know he does it with injuries, especially. That's not his job. He needs to manage it how he sees Ben, he sees fit. Fit. He will he will lie to the public, he will lie to the press. That's part of his job. We know that. So the blame game will go on. The big decision is. You can pick who you want to say is wrong, is right, but you'll never fully know the situation. You can argue for all parties, so we'll say it that. The other big decision that the public are now starting to want to, aren't they, is, and I just, this sounds crazy to even say it, but Darwin Nunes is important. It's like, finally, the footballing world has cottoned on. Finally, the the football world has gone, oh, that's, he's a player. Finally, the football world has gone like, up to put that stat on. Everyone was baffled, weren't they? That Jota, Nunes, De Bruyne, Foden, eight goal contributions so far in 2024, leading the way. Darwin with four assists, four goals. And there's variations, like De Bruyne had two goals, I think it was, and six assists. But eight goal contributions in 2024, they're leading the way. Make it nine after yesterday as well, because he got a goal, didn't he? And I saw that people are, oh, actually, is Nunez a good player because of one tweet? Crazy, isn't it? The other thing is people talked about goal, goal contributions overall so far this season. And, and people started looking and going, the stats like Mo Salah, even with his injuries, is of course top. I think it's on 29, then it's 27 for like 
Haaland, Saka, because he's got a lot of assists. And then, so you, you look to all the names and there, on 24 goal contributions, because it's 13 goals and 11 assists, is Darwin Nunes. And people looked at that list. You could see on the comments on Twitter, the, almost the brain pattern going like, oh, the others are like, apparently, player or young player of the year contenders. Not so many winners, but contenders. And Nunes is on that list. Now, if you even mention Darwin Nunes is a potential contender for any type of award, even team of the season, the rhetoric you've seen from Sky, the other top will be, no, 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 this is a guy who had like the 11 games outscoring, you know, this, Mrs. Chance, blah, blah, blah. It's like everyone's just cottoned on to his importance in the football world. That's their big decision. We don't have a big decision to make. We already knew this. We know his importance. We are praying, praying that this injury is just a precautionary thing. The hope is almost like Curtis Jones. They caught him, as they said, against Bournemouth, didn't they? He felt a bit of tightness off and he played the next game. That is the hope. But yeah, no Liverpool fans are in any doubt of Darwin Nunes' importance. The other big decision is Mo Salah's back. And Mo Salah gives hope to everything. That's the lift. And you should, you should feel that. You should radiate in that glow of Mo Salah. I mean, this is a guy who comes on approximately half an hour, gets a goal and gets an assist. The goal, I mean, I don't quite know what the defender's doing, but it's still a lovely finish in the bottom corner. He made things tick. He calmed it down at times. The assist is beautiful, isn't it? Into Alexis McAllister. The king is back. Okay, And when the King returns, you will feel that warm glow. Everything just seems a bit better when Mo Salah is back. And yes, we wish it wasn't with Diogo Jota by the looks of it going out because we could combine. Just feels like we're going to be robbed of that preferred forward three. Doesn't quite seem we can ever get Jota, Nunes, Salah on the pitch. There's always one. And that's not to downplay Gakpo or Diaz, but... As the season has gone on, that has shown itself to be the leading three. So we might well never see it. Who knows? But we have to pray for good news. Kind of a key theme there, isn't it? Just say that for most sections. Connor Bradley, though, is my big decision. Get carried away. Now, I think about this kid. I think about, you know, he's, he's 20 years old. He's five assists. He's got a goal. How we played yesterday. How he's played in all his games. And here's the big decision I am currently pondering around Connor Bradley. Will he maybe just not quite do what he could do in his career and only end with three Ballon d'Ors? Because this kid is fucking unreal. Calm, composed. He even in the formation switch yesterday took on that inverted role, didn't he? Just controlling things, moving it around. Even early on where he goes in that kind of marauding run and that, that poke that was nearly in, he was a threat. He defended well. He, he's been, and you can't say this lightly, he's been brilliant at everything. Now, the one thing I don't like about Conor Bradley is people are now using this to somehow play against Trent in some way. Like, this isn't one of the golden stars we've ever had at Liverpool like he isn't like a generational talent and he does things with the ball that you cannot believe so I have zero idea 
why people use it to downplay Trent in any way, Connor Bradley. I just think it's brilliant to have another superb talent. And Connor Bradley genuinely is an absolute talent. I mean, already, I, I say getting carried away, I don't care. Could still make a mistake because he's young, young defenders do. But this is a kid that is solidly part of the first team fixture already. Some people even said, I saw yesterday, that I'm not sure I'd start Connor Bradley against Brentford because this would be one where Joe Gomez, the size, the directness, the way they play, all things like that. Boy, did Jurgen Klopp make people eat those words. More importantly, when you watch that game, when you watch the highlights back and you absorb the content like we all do, you all look and think, Connor Bradley is a potential superstar. It's okay to get carried away. Things might go wrong. That is, that's possible. That's the nature of football. But think of everything that's going on in his private life. Think of everything that's happened. This kid just seems to have such a mentality. So that's my big decision. I'm getting away, carried away with Connor Bradley. What I'll also get carried away with is it's cup final week. But it's cup final games all the way now to the end of the season. I mean, we saw City get or drop points against Chelsea. So we are top. We are top. Even if City win their game in hands, we stay top. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. These games, are, are they're all massive. I, I actually find it boring when people say, oh, title races and start with eight and get like... I, I, you can get into those semantics that are taken away, like the focus, the impact of the games. That is people's opinion. They're entitled to it. Big decision, and this is where I go for it, is you can subscribe to that. That's fine. I, I, it's that clinical. To me, it's all right to be excited about the Reds. It's all right to say massive. It's all right. It doesn't make you a bedwetter if you think it's a massive game. It does not make you like, oh, we don't, like, honestly, I don't know why people want to shit on other people's opinions in this regard. What we should be feeling is the massive impact. And I understand when people say there is cup finals all the way to the end of the season. I actually like it sometimes when people tweet 13 mornings to go. They sit, you know, chatting off. That, the clinicalness of it. You enjoy the moment, but on to the next one. What a week it is. An absolutely massive, massive week it is. Lewin at home is just as big as the Carabao. It's funny, isn't it? You will make your big decision on this. Now, I've seen some people say, I'd rather beat Luton than win the Carabao. People are saying that. I'm sure you, you know, you'll know you probably come across it, tweet. I think they're just both ginormous. They're both ginormous. The league's a bit different. The league is about win. Obviously, don't get injuries, but just win. Cup finals is, is a bit different. And Pete, what I mean by that is you will rate the Carabao how you rate it. You'll think it's a tin pot. You might think, no, it's a great spirit. You might think some of my best like our best days out are at Wembley. It's unbelievable, that whole thing. But it's a massive, massive week. So your big decision is, do you view the title race now? Do you think it is one? How do you view it? It's cup finals all the way. You personally will make your big decisions on that. Probably my thing would be, as I just said there, people see it very differently. There ain't no right or wrong. Just maybe case or arse or for that one. Off the pitch as well, big decisions. I was a bit surprised. And again, people were always surprised. 
for Jurgen Klopp's comments, the 1030s that came out on Alonso. And the reason I was surprised was Jurgen Klopp had been really direct and said, I'm not, well, early on, I'm not involved now. I'm not going to discuss it. This is when people go back to that first press conference where he said, I'll answer all your questions now. But I'm not involved. I'm not part of it. I'm just focused on the team end of the season. We got that. So he's asked the question, and it was Nationals interview because you know, there's not breakout rooms. There used to be. You know, the Nationals do the interviews. It's not quite like it was before. And obviously Paul Joyce and, and all the others to, to, to grade them. They did exactly the right thing. It's great journalism to get that information from Jurgen Klopp if you can about Xabi being the standout candidate. Now, why am I talking about this in big decisions? I just think it puts on a pressure to everything now that's maybe not needed personally. You can't really walk these back. I don't see how, how he can. But he's talked about the current generation. And he's named them like Pep, Ancelotti, almost put we're in one bracket. Then he's talked about the new generation. She's almost denoting like a successor should come from a new generation. That's the way it's going to be looked at. And he names Alonso as the standout. Now everyone knows there's every connections with Liverpool and all the things that are happening with Liverpool, blah, blah, blah. But it's not that I'm focusing on. Focusing on now, this puts a real pressure. And maybe you might like it, that's your, part of your big decision, but on FSG and Liverpool. Because anyone who's not Jabby Alonso is just that now. And it's already a tough enough job. It really is. It's already a tough enough job if you're coming in to replace Jurgen Klopp against the backdrop and everything changing. But if you're also not Jabby Alonso, that's going to be levelled against you now. Ah, oh, well, you know, Jurgen Klopp said this was, you know, the best of the standout for the next generation. Sorry, just to be clear. To suppose it is someone like and we don't know this. No one does, no matter what they say. And Amarin, suppose that is the person, for instance, just use that example, who's top of their list. There's now even further pressure on that person, even if FSG want him. And some fans will look at it in that way and be like, yeah, that wasn't who I wanted it to be. Even if, say, Xavi, or some people are saying, might stay at Leverkusen for you. I don't believe that personally, but... All these hypotheticals, I'm not going to keep just playing them all, but it adds pressure to the mix that's just not needed. It's a bit like VBD's comments. He could argue by saying the press misinterpreted me. I don't think they did personally. I just think it was maybe it wasn't right or absolute wrong. He'll just probably look and thought, yeah, I'll just walk that back a little bit or clarify. That's where I see it. And then the final big decision, I see some people saying, the other off the field, the sporting director scenario. How do you see that? How do you view that? I see some looking negatively about, well, look at you know, United, Dan Ashworth, Jason Wilcox now. They've been clear, the plant, you know, they're doing it. Okay. I'm also seeing their Newcastle will move, but people saying this is negative. It's not negative that Liverpool do their business quietly. It's a great thing. It's how the club traditionally, if you go back far enough, used to do it. Yes, we all hunt information. I'm one of those who like to, to know things. I get that. But the club's always done its best business. It's the nature, it's the history of the club to do it quietly and efficiently. If anything, if anything, 
the Michael Edwards news that came out via Joyce Ornstein had approached him. FSG, and people are debating, was it in November? Was it this? Or this? That's off the Twitter spats. But they probably didn't want that to come out as well, did they? They Liverpool like to do the business. Also, every day that now goes by in the United's public thing, because Dan Ashworth hasn't moved. I'm just trying to talk about all the clubs, but Dan Ashworth hasn't moved. It puts pressure. They're doing things publicly. So here's your big decision when you're thinking, oh, we're not moving. Would you want the club to be running that way? Would you want every link like this behind the scenes to just be made publicly and then it plays out? Because I wouldn't. I don't think that looks too efficient, personally. I think they're doing that, United, to make it look like Ratcliffe's coming to make a change. But we are more established than that. They are trying to invoke change. I don't want us to be run that way. And I've seen some people go, oh, look, because we do it privately in Schmacker. That's nothing to do with it being your Schmacker. We're talking about the method of the way it's done. Look at the clock news. It was kept close in-house. Now, imagine that had played out publicly. This season would have been absolute chaos. And where we are now just would not have happened, okay? So the big decision on this is, and I've said before, four people jump on me, yes, come a certain time. If I'm not hearing more towards the end of February into March, you know, because you start planning for the summer months, there is a timeline where you get a bit worried. Not worried now at all. Everyone will think it differently, but it's better for it to be kept quiet, close circles, and then move efficiently. That's what we're looking for. There's a lot going on LFC-wise this week, ladies and gents. There's a massive league game. There's a massive cup final. And there's a massive wait for injury news, which we are hoping and praying for. By the time listening to this, you probably might even know more. Who knows? But if you have stayed with me to the end, thank you very much for your time, ladies and gents. That was episode seven of The Big Decisions. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.